everyone to the first episode of the book of very, very bad things. This is very exciting. We have Mr. Daryl Hembro all the way from England. Daryl is a model. He's an actor, a stand-up comedian. Daryl has led an extraordinary life. He has survived insurmountable odds and come out on the other side uh, with a sense of empowerment that most people would only dare to feel. Daryl brings us to places that I, I uh, couldn't have first seen, and it's a really great conversation. Comes in at a little over two hours, uh, so it's a, it's a heavy rap session, but I think it's a journey worth taking, and I would gladly do it again, and most likely will. Thank you all, and let's get started. So I'm sorry I drained you yesterday. It was not That's my all intention. Boy, right. <laughs> it's uh, I'm still learning. I'm, I can imagine. I mean, if I if I were uh, if the shoe were on the other foot and you were interviewing me, asking me uh, personal questions, I'd more than likely be a little psychically drained. For me, uh, in the past, being drained. Was all about medical stuff, but apparently not. <laughs> and you know, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't want to just go in and ask you medical questions because I, I know people always do, and I know you're open about it. But that's not who you are. That's not how I view you. You know, you're this. When when we first met on Instagram, uh, we. Like I said, we chatted about minor things, but we'd like the same thing. So I friend requested you. And then the first picture I see of you, my first real impression of you is you naked on the toilet. <laughs> and I thought to myself, this is my peep. This is my guy. This yeah. is this is who I've been looking for. <laughs> that, was just, that was just a random I was bored. Such an open, honest, like it doesn't, you don't lay yourself any more bare than when you're sitting yeah. on the throne naked. <laughs> and you say, Fred, so many people made me a king in their artwork. So is that yes, too? they do. Yes, they do. And the, um, it's funny. You should mention that the, uh, the flannel, the Dixon flannel I got for you is, is purple. And purple is is the kingly color. It's a it's the yeah. it's one of the yeah. royal colors. So that's very apropos. Yeah, I need the Dixon flannel with a purple purple mantle wrapped around my neck. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll be doing that. So, one thing we didn't cover in the uh, lost interview from yesterday, um, you were were you born in Bristol? Yeah, born and bred. Uh, I mean, boundaries have changed, and I'm technically just outside of Bristol at the moment. Right. You're one of the few people I know that actually have parents that are supportive. From not that I wouldn't say they necessarily understand it. Right. 
people that support it. And my dad, my dad would go on Facebook after I'd done something and tell people and say that he's proud and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Kind of, it's nice that they're not too into it. Yeah. <laughs> I think having that kind of base, though, it, it, it probably had an effect on how courageous you are because you definitely had that emotional safety net of mom and dad. Uh, whereas a goodly amount of people that I know are either from a one parent home or, you know, dad's dad's a drunk mom's emotionally unavailable. Um, that sort of thing. Um, People say that inspiring, courageous, whatever. But then I look at people and also think that. And like, for me, my medical conditions, the five percent room especially, I was born with that. So I've known nothing else. Whereas I know people who grew up with a normal childhood, medically speaking, and then, like, years down the line, still a, still a child, they get a brain tumour or something, and the rest of their life is different. Mm-hmm. See, I've grown up perfectly fine, so to speak. And then having that thrown up on you. How, how, yeah, how, how does one, I don't know, how does one deal with that? It's, I mean, my parents had, I'm not sure they had, and I don't think they knew beforehand that I was going to have something. But they had nine months to know that there's a possibility that something may crop up. Mm. And I know my mum my, my noticed I had something wrong. Sorry, something medical. Uh, by looking at my big toe when I was born. And it was all wonky and shit. Uh, yeah, they told her that I had, sorry, they told her that I had uh, what I had wrong, what I had condition-wise. don't want to say wrong, because it's not. It's, uh, why opening a book, a medical book, to the correct page, placing it on the desk, walking out of the room, mum sitting down and going, oh, oh right, okay, that's, that's what he's got. So they didn't actually tell her, but it was there in front of her on the, in the book, in the book. 
that was 34 years ago, a bit different night. When I say you're courageous, I I say that because you're you're nude. <laughs> you, you know that's that's uh, you know, medical conditions notwithstanding, you're you have the balls <laughs> to, to get naked and present yourself where someone like me, I I really wouldn't. I wouldn't have that sort of uh, self-determination. We'll get you doing it. When I, when I was in my 20s, it would have been a far different story because I was an athlete. You know, I, I was in shape. Now I'm, I'm a 45-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get you doing it. I'll be over there pushing you into the... I think if anyone could talk me into it, it would more than likely be you, Dale. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's surprising me. Artist wives and two her and everything. No one cares. Yeah, there are classes out there which probably might be a bit different. I haven't done them, like stagging head and things like that. But generally, no one cares. I've had like one person not stay because I was a bloke, and he was an older man. Mm. Travelled to the gig, travelled to the session to draw, and the tour went. Yeah, he does that all the time. If you're not a woman. Naked, he doesn't want to draw you. Well, that's not an we artist, all, that's a creep. <laughs> we all know why he's here. Yes, indeed. I told him I, I told him I'd tuck it through my legs, but <laughs> to a J from James Silent Bob. Or Buffalo Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just cue up uh cue Lazarus and sing goodbye horses <laughs> to him and tuck it in. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I offered to do that just for him, but no. Oh, what a what a sad, sad individual. But yeah, the fact that he traveled like miles to get there, and the tutor lets it. I mean, that's what you porn is for. What? what I... yeah. yeah. So you search for what you want. Yeah. You have uh, how many siblings? Just the one? Uh, two. Two. two siblings. Now, I know your brother is a punk musician. Yeah, uh, musician. Punk, metal, jazz, blues, all that. That's fantastic. And your other sibling? He's nine years older than me, and we don't talk. Oh, that sucks. Uh... As to why, it's not that's on you. On, that's all on their side. Yeah, I have a I have a similar situation with my half sister. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, he's got two girls too, so I got two nieces, mm -hmm. and we haven't seen him for like two years. So, it's, uh, yeah. And that's you know that's not your 
no, it's not issue. That's his. That's that's his. I know. Doing. I know. I know that part of the reason is so say they don't want to deal with family medical issues, even though he dealt with mine for thirty odd years. So yeah, strange, strange, whatever. Yeah, that's that's I, you're better off without it at that rate. That's a that's a negative influence yeah, in your orbit. Yeah. You don't need that. No. Now your brother, who's the musician, what's his name? Uh, Merv. Merv. That's why he goes by the industry. Merv Embra. Uh, yeah, we get on. We get on. We still see him. Saw him the other day actually. Went out for a meal, and me, mum, dad, him. Um, I think that's mainly where most of my music tastes come from. He's a proper older brother. Yeah, I see. I actually see him. So yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. He's he works in a. He's like the only person that works in a little factory making like uh, uh, trucking devices. He knows the boss man who's like moneyed up mm-hmm. and yeah, makes these little tracking devices which you put on your bike or in your bag or something. Oh, and some of their, some of their uh, clients is just like, what? Well, and you've got one person making them. Yeah. Yes. Like, he's just got that job, and it seems like it's... I say he just got that job. He just got officially on the roster to do it yearly or whatever. And, yeah, he's... I think he's loving it. He's also a... He's also a trained up uh, personal trainer. Oh, so he's fit. So just <laughs> without the space to do it. Uh, so he does it in like parks and things. Would be cool to help him with that. That would be excellent. I, uh, I, I wish I had an older brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I I I put them through a lot with all that, so at least one of them is still here. Right. See, I got stuck being the older brother. That was my gig. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how that would feel. Yeah, it's actually when you have as many siblings as I do, you're parent number three. <laughs> how many have you got? I have five siblings. Okay. Uh, Irish Catholic family. There's a lot of us. We're less a, less a family and more a street gang, as my father would say. <laughs> Irish Catholic. Yeah. Irish Catholic with a Polish last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so when was the first time you you got the feeling that you were 
like an outlier, a creative? Like when did that first spark in you? I'm not sure. I think I think I actually thought about it a couple of years ago, like two, three years ago, maybe when all this started. The, the comedy, the acting, the modeling. Um, although as a kid, I drew and colored constantly, pretty much tracing things and copying things from books and properly, properly copying it. But for some reason, I stopped with that. And then this came about. Um, I see this, these things came about. And yeah, I, so I'd say, I'd say when, at least when the comedy started, uh, just got on stage and with myself, which is probably the way I stopped it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, so definitely like two or three years ago. But you've been just to collect and my artistic side opened up. Where where did you see yourself prequel to that? Did you have any sort of um you know, were you drawn to any vocation or or did you nope. envi envision yourself doing anything other than No, I was I envisioned myself doing absolutely nothing. I was depressed. Still, still suffer with that. Every now and then, uh, more often than I'd like. Yeah, no, I didn't. When it was weird, the comedy kind of started around the time that the GP went, I think you're depressed. Mm. And I went, yeah. So it, it all came about, all this stuff came about around that time. Uh, so I think I've got a lot of things to say that helped me notice that I was depressed. Uh, so yeah, it's, I, I honestly didn't see myself doing anything before I, I think I struggled because I was hospitalized up to about 18 years old. And my last big-ish surgery, for, which was on the head, um, I do that because I had a metal frame strapped to my face, like scaffolding. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Um, we're basically in institutionalized for 18 years in hospital apart from, rather than rather than prison or whatever right you can actually do things you can actually leave 
a few like, day trips and stuff, go to school. Um, the change from not doing that, not being institutionalized, is fucking weird and horrible. Because 18 years of your life, you were in four walls, yeah, yeah, four walls completely boxed in, and four every... walls of, yeah, four walls of hospital beds, death, crying, and that's just mine. Uh, yeah, just it. I remember sitting on a park bench and just crying once and just being like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I honestly don't know. Uh don't know what yeah. Wait. Yeah, it's it's totally odd. It's I just I could just imagine I just put myself in uh long-term prisoners uh, life and was like this is what they go through yeah I've done nothing wrong but yeah it's uh, it's what weird was, it's weird what was your respite from all of that where would you put yourself mentally that would kind of take you out of it momentarily I'm not sure I would I'm really not sure I would you were one um, of those daydreamer type children uh, the, the medication helped with that ah, I see <laughs> but yeah that was that took me back to remembering past stuff is yeah but I had I had so many great times in that school birthdays Christmas all that Easter <laughs> and I think I showed you the picture of the hospital in front of the hospital the other day yes you did which is no longer the building's still there, but it's not possible anymore. Um, yeah, it, people get all, oh my god, how can you say that about us? Well, because I that's all I knew, yeah, 18 years of hospital, all I knew was that. Was I'm gonna have good times. People there are going to try and make it. Yeah. So accepting all of that and moving on from it has its own set of baggage. You have that and then you have medications put on top of that. Of course, you're going to see some strange things when you're uh, hallucinating. But um, what 
what sort of painkillers do they have you on? Is it a narcotic? Is it a... Um, the technicalities of it, I don't know, but I know it's, it's not over-the-counter stuff. Right. It's... I think it's an opioid or whatever, like... That's cool, what's that? I can't remember the names of them now. But yeah, I think it's like locked in a safe kind of drugs. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's the highest they can give me. <laughs> but once you start taking it daily, it's, yeah, it's, the, 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 the fun side of it kind of wears off. Yeah. And that's when you're not, when you don't need that sort of painkiller and you just have to start taking it just to get out of bed in the morning. That's, that's unfortunately the slippery slope to addiction, but someone in your case, medically treated, metered out correctly, you'll be okay. There, there's times where I feel okay and I just forget to take something. Yeah, addiction, I think, of all the medications I've had, I'm not addicted to something 34 years in. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, it's not going to happen. I find a lot of comfort in certain people, mm-hmm. certain nurses and all that. Um, I always remember that all the fun ones generally were the the, the larger ladies, the, the 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 bubbly bubbly like Caribbean women, mm. and or or African or something, just jolly and all that. And they were there, right? How you doing? Whilst mm. I'm being put out and. And then the anesthetist would look at me and go, "Do you want? Do you want them to stay?" And I'd be like, "Yeah." And she'd be talking to me and all this, and yeah, was <laughs> the was the anesthetist is going? So, do you like some shitty pop band? And I'm like. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm no, I'm no good with accents or, yeah, you're from Africa. Yeah, you're from Caribbean. I, I, I'm no good. I, yeah, nor, nor am I for the most part. Uh, I think life experience will, with working with people of different ethnicities has helped yeah. me pick, pick out certain glaring differences between people from different nations but for the most part if you were to just yeah meet and to anyone else, listening to this my description i mean no offense no no and i didn't i didn't i didn't think it was reductive or anything like that in the slightest um my my wife grew up in the dominican republic that's yeah the caribbean caribbean yeah. so there is certainly you were right the first time what's that you were right the first time 
Caribbean. That's what that's what <laughs> I, I, that's how I normally say it, but I get corrected. <laughs> they won't. I know they are, but um, it, it seems as though people from that region they know that there is a dark, dark side to life, and instead of yeah wallowing in it, they sort of yeah. rise above and they try to keep a, a, a positive like air about them and yeah, so that, then we can learn a lot from that it's, yeah it's, uh, it's it's great but yeah the, the most memorable people i wish i could remember their names I remember where they were from. It was mainly in Birmingham, Birmingham Children's. Uh, well, I'm the, I'm the adult place. I'm the Queen Elizabeth. But, yeah, it was... Birmingham was where they did my liver bypass, my portal vein bypass, where that Jean de Ville de Goyer did it. Mm. <laughs> Always got to say his name, but Jean de Ville. And they found an unused umbilical vein. Yeah, they did. They did, and they used. They were going to use a foreign body thing, uh, and then they'd have to change it every so often. But they found the unused umbilical vein. Uh, so they used that on the off chance, and. Said it'd be ten years until we know it works. And it works, and it works. Yeah, that was the ten years was up by two thousand eleven. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're doing well. <laughs> I'd yeah, say it works. I've stopped drinking, so yeah. How long? How long ago did you quit drinking? God knows. I don't, I don't keep track of dates and I've been veggie for a while, but right. when I started as well, I don't know, last year sometime. Yeah, I know, it's it's not... during, I know it was during lockdown, but yeah, it's not. So, what did you watch a Morrissey video and yeah. <laughs> and see the end of it? When... A Morrissey video and became a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I thought. I think it was a friend of mine who kind of inspired me unknowingly to them. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that, though? If you'd get a Morrissey or a Smith's home video, there would be a PETA video attached to the end of each and every one. And that right. more so than hardcore punk, Morrissey introduced me to vegetarianism when I was 11, 12. And boy, I did not see what he became coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever watched. I think all the music back then, obviously not as long, not as far, far ago as you were, but when it is whatever. Um, I'm not saying you're old or anything. Oh, I am. <laughs> uh, 
I um, <clears throat> I always remember it being listening to like putting a CD in the player or cassette or something rather than a VHS or a video or whatever. The only VHS I remember musically was the Madness. Oh, you've like bloody trousers and things like that. Yeah, that's the VHS I remember. And that wouldn't have been that long ago. But so no Guar Phallus in Wonderland or any of those fantastic music videos? No, no. Probably like MTV when I actually play videos. Ah oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, I just recently saw um a meme on Instagram where it said it, it gave the timeline of MTV and it was like forty some years and ten years of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's uh musically i don't remember i don't really remember videos and stuff well but i remember a lot of it's on journeys putting the cassette in the car mm-hmm. and the journeys obviously to the hospital and stuff if not it's on the holiday vacation and I translate that. Um, and then when I'm on the holiday, I go to the hospital. But there's generally hospital involved. Um, putting like the greatest hits of Queen and mm. stuff in the, in the cassette and Pasadena Roof Orchestra, uh, which is a band you need to listen to. What, what's the name again? Pasadena Roof Orchestra. Uh, there's a there's an album called I think it's called Fifteen Years On, Fifteen Years Later, Fifteen Years On. I think that's the one we used to play in the car. Um, yeah, fascinating. Just and the Black Adder, Black Adder episode. I'm concerned. Yes, yes. I think I knew Black Adder before. Uh, hearing it rather than seeing it or ever seeing it. I, I like watching it, but I've never, it's never, I don't think it's ever been the same as just hearing it. Right. And sitting there and just, a boy with no winkle. <laughs> and I kind of, yeah. I I miss watch the Black Adder, Faulty Towers, yeah, Monty Python's. That was that was my youth. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually happily surprised at how many Americans I know know a lot of British comedy, public television, classic, classic comedy as well. Public television was the they were the gateway. We got Benny Hill. We got Faulty Towers. We got I Black mean, I Adder. Kind of, I kind of understand when it comes to Monty Python, like the films and stuff. I understand with that because they're just worldwide classics. Right. But yeah, everything else. I'm so fucking awesome. Yeah. I am a bit of an Anglophile, though. Uh, admittedly, that was uh, always anything 
British uh, as a child. I was just drawn to because all of my favorite bands, it just so happened from Black Sabbath to the Stones to T-Rex. My all-time favorite band is T-Rex. Um, they, they were all British. And, yeah. you know, Bowie, all of it. It, it just, yeah. it enthralled me. And I consumed at a vast, vast clip. So, have you ever tried to sing? I tried. I ain't got time. Mm. You don't have the rhythm. The Tom Waits one. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> Tom Waits doesn't have. Well, he has rhythm, but. Yeah. He has he does his own damn thing and he doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks about it. Love Tom Waits. Tom Waits is fucking with Oh god. They're... Everything about it. Function, the voice, the music, the films. Mm, the films. He it, it Dracula without Tom Waits would have been he made the movie. I mean, Gary Oldman's another phenomenal. If there's a film and he's only in it like five seconds, I'll watch it. Absolutely. Now, his early work is obviously the best. I mean, he was in Ironweed. He was in uh, Down by Law. Have you seen Down by Law? You absolutely. Is Jim Jarmusch, one of Jim Jarmusch's okay, first Jim films. Jarmusch. Coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so what's the one thing that you would want the people in your life to remember you for? If there were one thing. I would hope that it's my selflessness. Selflessness, not selfishness. Right. Um, I would hope is that trying to think as much as I am, I think I might do it a bit too much. But I'm hoping, I hope it's at a level, or it will be at a level where people remember it for positives. Mm. That's it can be taxing on yourself um, psychically and when you constantly give of yourself. But the other side of that, to be completely insular and to do nothing for anyone else just for oneself, that's a sociopath. So you're actually the polar opposite of a sociopath, of a borderline personality. So. As much yeah. as it, as much as you may suffer for it, you're doing you're doing the good work that most of us wish we could. Or yeah, it's like so many things come into my head that I want to do, and then I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. um, or I say it to people, and they go, "You don't have to do that for us." Do you? But yeah, there's there's things in the pipeline I want to do. I just haven't set a date. Right. 
things. And I'm sure things have come up. Now, I know you do quite a bit with Ace. Yeah, who, I try to. Who also has Pfeiffer syndrome. Yeah. He, um, he seems to be doing quite well under the circumstances. He seems like a very happy child, which is, yeah. which is pretty wonderful. Yeah. I, I, I think him and his two brothers. And the chat to his dad mainly. Uh, Andrew brings a, uh, they've, he's, yeah, they've given me so much just in the short space of time of them finding me. He found an old camera out that he brought to use. I think he said he never used it. But it's just been laying there. Do you want it? And I was like, what? And he sent me it with like two lenses, the 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 carrier. He even went out and bought an adapter for the plug. Mm -hmm. he, he had so much trouble sending it because the mailing companies are just cunts. Oh, they're and, and the governments want income tax for fucking everything. Um, yeah, and he sent it, and it's like two thousand dollars worth mm -hmm. of like, and and before that, they've given me like money and. Uh, so I, or well, I know I could, I couldn't give like loads of money myself, but I advertised for their fundraiser and got plans for more to advertise for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I think it's so shit that in America they've, they've got to pay for things for Ace. Just, I mean, yeah. yeah, we pay for it, but we pay in like taxes and things like that. See that, which I then was, goes into into the NHS and things. I was I going to bring that up. I was going to bring this up. How much money I cost them over the years. It's a, it's wonderful that England is under that umbrella of, of not necessarily at what you would I guess call socialized medicine but it, it's it's included it's included it's social, in your taxes it's a, it's a social it's a socialist aspect of the country yeah sure it, and that's fantastic I think uh, I think the United States really needs to get on board with that in a less convoluted manner but there's so much capitalism, uh, yeah. so much greed. So we've got we've got capitalists, greedy cunts in the, running the country, mm -hmm. and they the socialist side of it, obviously, because it's not about them; it's about everyone. Right. So absolute assholes, fucking hate. I do too. Just. 
Yeah, there's stuff in the paper at the minute of them. The stuff in the paper at the minute of the police saying so and so, so and so has got evidence on their phone, blah blah blah, who's a Tory, and they've got like burner phones and shit, and uh, but they're so <laughs> fucking idiotic that they forget that WhatsApp like stores it. And the <laughs> maverick phones you check, fucking assholes, and just. Yeah, just try that. <laughs> if anyone needs a beating, it's them. <laughs> For certain. I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, because I didn't grow up in England, but when I was younger, I don't recall England ever being quite so right-leaning. I mean, the few times yeah. I've been, few times I've been. Uh, my lifetime, no. In my lifetime, I don't think it's been that far right. Uh, and obviously, before my lifetime was Margaret Thatcher, the, the bitch is dead, thank fuck. But, yep. um, and there are people that idolize that. But yeah, my lifetime now has not been so far, so far right leaning. I mean, she's responsible for the Falkland Islands. That alone, (laughs) (laughs) Margaret Thatcher did inspire a lot of great music, though. (laughs) She did. She did. Uh, Fantastic music. mm Hmm. Thankfully, um, these sorts of uprisings of, of, of wrong-mindedness, in my experience, they will they'll find a groundswell, then they'll recede. But the shitty aspect of that is there will be another tide. I used to think, anyway, that a, a majority of our of the United States, uh, our more left-leaning politics were vastly inspired by Britain. And I come to find that I was mistaken. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same in every, in every English-speaking country. We all have this propensity to uh, want to be ruled with an iron fist i don't know if there's some ingrained self-hatred or or where it comes from but it's starting to feel that way as a i, I do think this country you might kingdom so wales scotland all that um whatever government is in i do think it's a very conservative country politically wise whatever whatever whoever's leading sorry leading country it seems a very Tory Tory country yeah so you recently uh, uh, found a somewhat 
online companion, as it were. Yeah, man, now, this is every your side of the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Someone she her name's Ashley. She gets me. She gets me more than anyone. How did that come to pass? She was Yeah, just online. Just following like probably like you did. Stoked me for a bit, and then we just got chatting. <laughs> and we talk, even if it's just one message, we talk every day. Mm-hmm. That's important. Even if it's even if it's just one worded message, just at the end of my day or her day or something. And we've we've sent things to each other like ship it up, mailed stuff, like things I've remembered per se. And I'll, say, and I'll see something, I'll go, oh, I'll send that. I'm the thing. Um and again she's into all the same music, the punk, the jazz, the blues. And I'll be like, just just listen to just, just listen to the lyrics to this or something. And I can honestly say to her, she'll say to me, even though we'd never met, like miss you, love you. Mm-hmm. Without it needing to be like Oh, let's get back like marriage and bullshit. But just mm-hmm. there's so many there's so many ways you can say I miss you, I love you to people. And yeah, it's nice. It's when nice. was when was the last time you had a relationship quite that um with that much reciprocity? Never. Never. Didn't think ever. No. Always sort no. of fleeting. Yeah. I plan yeah. on getting to see her sometime. We're going to, we, as we, soon as possible. We need to get you over here ASAP. Yeah. So you can like do a couple of things like go and see her for a couple of weeks. And then travel somewhere else and see someone else. But there's too many people to do all at the same time. Sure. But it's all about the people grabbing it. Well, I mean, she's near Chicago, so Chicago would be nice. Punk rock. Yeah, just so long as you come during the summertime, Chicago in the wintertime is brutal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I bet. I've seen pictures. Yeah, it's bone chilling. I I wanna I wanna go see her her job her kid. It's uh yeah. It's it's yeah, emotional. It's, it's so you, uh, 
It's a positive. It's funny. I have, I had all of these questions prepared and somehow you segue pretty seamlessly into them without my yeah. having to ask any of them, which I find uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty astonishing. I've been asked, well, I've been asked, I can't just be an open big. Yeah, but how, how you picked out uh, yeah. that I was going to ask you about healthcare in England. <laughs> you I just have so used to talking about it. Like, right. I don't recall doing other talks like this. Not that I've done many. I think you've heard the ones that I did. Yeah. Um, I don't recall ever needing to talk about or segue into the medical side of things rather that isn't me like the NHS or socialism or all that but yeah I'm glad I like this it's, it's not just about my body as such that's your body is a very temporary vessel you know, the, the consciousness, that's that's the real meat of the person. And, I mean, on what your health had served to you in your youth, you're carrying with you, not just physically, but psychically, emotionally. Um, so it's going to be ever-present, but I don't think that's that's all you have to say. And it's certainly not all you all we have to talk about. And my, especially why I wanted to speak with you is just how varied your interests are and your output is. I mean, your public persona is such that you, you act, you, you model, stand up. And if yeah. you, you let me have my way, you'll get a, you'll have a one man show. <laughs> um, it's, because... it's, it's niggling in my head to do something like that for sure. I mean, as as meant as emotionally taxing as it as it may be for you to just attack your life story from your point of view with how sardonic and and you know smart alecky you can be, and 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 bring that in that intellect that lies right there in the center of it. You bring all that into play. I think a one man show would. I think you'd kill with it. There's, yeah, there's the stuff I've had in my head, stand-up wise, which I could incorporate into that. I think because I wouldn't want it to be stand-up. I wouldn't want, it. and I wouldn't want it to be just humorous or just emotional or just anything like that. You'd want it to reflect life as it as it is. I would think because life does have the funny bits, yeah, the miserable I, bits, but it's, it's. I'd have to get some good props. <laughs> good props to put a bit of like modeling or something into it. Whether I put, whether I put a notepad under the chair of each member of the audience or something, and they obviously a pen as well. But. Mm -hmm. Because that'd be a bit pointless, I suppose. 
they <laughs> and they either write what they're thinking or draw what I'm doing or yeah it's and obviously it'd be recorded of course <laughs> it would uh, yeah it would be nice now the f we'd spoken about the film uh and we're not sure when or if that will see the light of day the short film but it was it was horror in nature yeah. which is my yeah mo i yeah hor horror films horror literature that's that's my reason for being almost um the director you'd said spent a, a goodly amount of money on a a, a dead baby prop <laughs> yeah and that was fucking awesome it turned out when he just butchered it um i'm not even sure it made it to the film to be fair but <laughs> yeah great for the amount of money i think he's offered it to someone else but if i can get my hands on it it's going to be hanging upside down in my room or something. <laughs> yeah, something like one of these dead baby, put your baby head just. <laughs> Very cannibal <laughs> corpse. <laughs> yeah. Cannibal corpse playing in the background. Yeah, butchered at birth. <laughs> I, I recall a photo of you, you're dressed. Uh, I believe it was shot in black and white or no, actually I'm, I'm wrong. It wasn't, but you were in a suit and it, to me you looked you were given the finger like this <laughs> yeah I remember. and to me you that's quite like, recent you look like a hitman sweet to me it 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 smacks of of like a, a gross point blank john cusack it had that attitude where you know i'm i'm gonna have to go and kill this guy it, it may or may not be what i'm compelled to do personally but this is yeah. what i have to do and one one still photo and that's what it inspired in me i think that speaks uh not just to the photographer but to the subject you're you're putting something out there in one still frame that i can build a story into that's uh the photographer for that is dave challenger uh, a friend of mine we never we always work together free of charge or whatever we do he doesn't pay me i don't pay him mm. uh and i'm i'm one of the ones that he likes to work brian belt one that he likes to work with whatever because other people just generally don't want to do the things that I want to do. Whereas I'm open to doing lots of stuff. So that's, yeah, some of the best images that come out. Even the boxing ones. Mm. You, you gave that, it gave me that idea. Just did it. Underneath the M32 in Bristol, the motorway, uh, sorry, highway. Um, Yeah, that was he. I can broaden my horizons with him, but more so than a lot of people. Is he responsible for the photo of you with the red and black face paint as well? No, that was 
that was the guy that found me and got me as a model, basically. Uh, that was Claudio Allers. Uh, who's done most of my shoots. Um, that was his idea. I didn't understand it until I saw the finished product. That was fun. That shit my parents off of it. Because <laughs> they realised they realised what the purpose of it was and the influence was my healing from surgery. Uh, yeah, and it was just pain, just face pain, mm-hmm. black and red. Then, yeah. And then baby oil sort of running down my body. It was very, it's also a very striking picture because uh, it, you you look dangerous almost in it, although that's not what you're trying to portray. I yeah. said, yeah. Dan- dangerous in like a, 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 a warrior stance almost, like you're you're about to face something insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's, yeah, it, even my, my, my parents, my brother saw it and just like, yeah, they were, fuck, holy crap. And they rarely, they rarely do that. But, so, yeah, yeah, it's, I know we covered it last time, but the ugly modeling uh, moniker that uh, that's an it's denotes inclusivity. But I I took a little bit of umbrage with it just because I I don't find everyone I've seen associated with I don't deem ugly. I don't see these people as ugly at all. That's because they're not. They're it's not. The, it's the, but the general modeling scene, the catalog models and all that, I suppose, at least years ago, would have seen the people that are on ugly models as that. So it was like we've been saying, using the words that people use against you in a, taking the meaning away from it mm-hmm. so it's more about everyone's got actually everyone's got uniqueness about them be it visual or what they do or anything and they've got some amazing people on there and I'm not saying me other people <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. It's a, so much variety that wouldn't generally get used if it wasn't for ugly models starting all off. I think uh, Calvin Klein more than likely in the 90s would have would have employed people from the ugly models banner. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because there was a very bri- I don't know who the art director was at the time of Calvin Klein, but there was a time when Calvin Klein print ads would be the people you would see would be someone you would live next door to. 
someone yeah. you could just walk up to they were approachable attainable yeah. not uh some airbrushed uh stick figure <laughs> clothes yeah. hanger the um i think these days you get the people doing it for sorry the company's doing it for tokenizing people and yeah all this. they'll do it and then not do it they'll do it for publicity rarely because they should yeah and it, it, it that's what it is it's tokenism yeah. Uh, which is it, its own uh, it, it's bigotry in its own way you know yeah. it, it, it's a bold faced bigotry more than a casual one it's just people don't often associate one with the other yeah yeah sure it's like, like companies doing with the LGBT oh we love it we love LGBT of course you do you want to make money, of course. You're not gonna. You're a company owned by Tories. Mm -hmm. We know that you fucking hate it, so just you're not gonna say it. I know that, but we know yeah. you fucking hate disabled yeah. people or LGBT people. I'd rather they were honest. Than... No, I I would much rather be honestly hated than to be uh falsely adored yeah sure sure I, yeah I, yeah but wouldn't so who's your personal who's your personal hero do you have one oh gosh so difficult like someone you would say okay that's my spirit animal that's my the one person I admire fully and wholly. The the closest thing to that would be someone that you probably never heard of. But he was a humanitarian. He was local to me. His name is Bob Woodward. That's not the guy that writes books in New York. It's a local guy, and he started a charity here called Click. Still going now. Um, he died a few years ago. I was just about to go on stage. I was about an hour to go on stage at the Smoking Mirrors in Bristol. And the host, Liam Pickford, who I'm still friends with, Great comedian, absolutely fucking fantastic. Should be huge. Um, came out to me and he saw me on leaning against the bar, just all upset. As I just heard my parents, it was on the news. My parents rang me to tell me, uh, before I saw it on the news or whatever, which. I'm happy they did. And Liam Pickford came out and saw me. So I told him what had happened. And who it was. And you could see I was... This was... this. I could see his. His rare... Personal 
loving side came out towards me. And yeah, it, it was like, do, do you not want to go on stage to do it? And I was like, you know what? No, I'll, I'll do it. I mean, I think he told the audience that I just had bad news and I'm going to go on anyway. And yeah, so Bob Woodward dealt with a load of charity stuff. Um, I met him through a place called French A Hospital in Bristol, which is down the road from me. Uh, and they kind of made me the unofficial mascot of a charity called the Jack and Jill Hill at French Hospital, which is raising money for an upgrade of the children's ward. And so I met him through that. I don't, I sadly, I don't think I realised how much he meant until he died, which sucks. But it's often the case, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it's and then through him I met a chap called Bob, uh, a chap called Charlie Dobson, who's a local millionaire chap, humanitarian. As well, we put money into that charity. Uh, but Bob Woodward for me, just yeah. So the people you admire most are the people who aren't necessarily musicians or actors. It, it's boots on the ground, real people doing real good work. And honest, and honestly doing it. And honestly rather doing it. Not, not do, doing it for it. Not sad to say, oh, I did this. Mm. And then they go off and do the opposite or some shit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think I find the hero aspect in individual people. So maybe they're not 100% my hero, but there's an aspect of the that I admire, maybe not heroic, heroic, but I admire which I'll take from them. And yeah, use for myself, but Bob Woodward, for sure. Again, I'll send you the info I can and you can put it at the end or whatever. Absolutely. I think he's like friends with like Gorbachev. Was that? I don't think I realized how world known, world, I'm known worldwide he was until his death. He was 85, I think. So. so he filled an entire lifetime with doing charitable works. The, um, and I mean, he, he got me right in the And that's like the one part that I give a shit about. 
And even then, I wouldn't. I give. I don't give a shit about it. Is much as I need. I need one. Blah blah blah. I don't drive. I'll never drive. I don't want to drive. I've got too much stress in my life to drive. I don't want any more. Um, I say that if I had the money, I would have somewhere to live. I would have another place that I would try and give out to the needy. I'd have somewhere to live, or whatever, help someone of my choosing, I suppose. And maybe have more accommodations for them. Because chances are I will. And have an income that I can help myself pay for that for them. And then secondary, I would have someone to drive me about. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a Bentley, maybe not. But I like a Bentley. <laughs> it's kind of connect, kind of connected to Bob. It was Charlie Dobson who had it. Who had the cars? And they're just nice-looking cars. Other than that, I couldn't give a shit about cars. <laughs> Gordon Haskell. That's it. Oh my god, I hate that. I forgot. <laughs> I'll edit that out. You don't no have worries. to. I want honesty in there. It's fine. Either. Gordon Haskell, you had a a personal, yeah, relationship with, yeah, even even just uh, his gigs, just that's what it was. I would I would have loved to have gone and seen him outside of that, but fortunately it never happened. I'd have to go and see his uh, his wife as was uh, and his saxophonist. Paul Young. Um, yeah, and they're not too far. They're like Bournemouth area, which is down south. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's something about just these, these eventual two fingers up to the music industry. I think I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, just again the 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 aesthetic he had the carried the the music that carried the the words he got out. Some of my favourite quotes are his. I need to get permission actually to write them down and like him on my wall, like in his uh, in his CD CD booklet. Mm-hmm. Just read it and go, well, even just like how wonderful you are, the number two hit that you had here, here. Yeah. It's just that line, do you know how wonderful you are? Like, sounds like fucking One Direction, doesn't it? <laughs> one Direction sounds like him. Well, it, it's, yeah. all, it's, all like the, it. it's all in the delivery. And his <laughs> he certainly had a, a delivery that didn't lend itself to the, the boy band aesthetic, I can tell you that. No. It's just yeah, just 
going and chatting to him and him knowing you and him knowing your name and things like that. Just and him doing gigs in like shitty little town halls and stuff. Selling tickets themselves. I would love to have got him on in Bristol. But um, yeah. I mean it's his saxophonist is a session musician to different bands. Like the Blockheads. The block Ian Dury and the Blockhead? Yeah, well, yeah, he helped them out for a bit. Wow. Live gigs, and it's just like, what? recently because the blockheads obviously do their own tours and stuff right um yeah just there's another band he does i think it's i think it's the baker brothers or something like that yeah great great softness should be should be more famous than he is i don't i don't foresee any real honest true musicians being recognized for their talent uh at least not by the general music yeah. consuming populace yeah there's very little room for uh individualism and like, experimentation how many people oh i can't think of many people going and seeing the band of it's generally the front man with session people I don't see many people looking at the rest of the band and trying to find out who they are or what bands the other bands they do stuff with well I, I think do I do that I do that too but you and yeah. I also came from an era when you bought music that you could have a tactile connection yeah. with you could touch and feel it I yeah. can look inside the shelter record and see old Ray Capo. He was in Youth of Today. Never. And you look you look at his thanks list and say, Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. here's this I can yeah. I'll like this band because he likes this band. Yeah. And and you could see who the guitarist is, who the bass player is, who the right. drummer is, and follow their stories as well. And that leads to true fandom. I remember when I was about fourteen ish. And there was a, I was in the hospice, Little Bridge House in Devon, which sadly most people don't leave alive. Um, I was one of the rare ones. Uh, and I was in the teenage room and I was listening to Pantera on the computer. <laughs> and the kid walked in and he was like, yeah, he was a brother of someone local to me here actually the strangled a little fuck um and he was like yeah fucking all good uh. and then a bit later i was playing pool with my carrot and the jukebox was nearby and i had buddy holly on and he walked in i could tell by his face he was just like fuck you you were you were listening to Pantera, like, and I think I had the conversation with him, like, dude, do you not realize 
do these musicians like the arm metal that it's just like dude seriously just listen to fucking Phil Anselmo singing mm-hmm. for that's sake especially a new band it's just like it's not all about liking one genre all these bands are inspired by other things it's not like they might not be inspired by the person that I'm listening to now mm-hmm. but the chances are they are they are but this open your eyes you're only oh, two I... years young you're only like two years younger than me just it's funny you should mention uh pantera because i was just listening to my box set on vinyl (laughs) i can honestly i can you could mention any singer from the the punk or metal community uh especially in that time period take someone like glenn danzig for example from you know the misfits and from sam hain and his own work just via danzig I can take you back to Elvis, yeah. Jim Morrison, Howling Wolf. Yeah, you, you can. It's I mean, all you there. Just, you just look at Danzig, with Danzig, and you can kind of see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, and even even looking at the old ones like Buddy Holly or. Elvis, because he was massive, is massive. Not a big fan myself, but um, and then looking at songs that they've done or musicians that they like, and you can go back and find even more from that one. I get. Yeah, just the the whole even adults, even like punks now, just. Uh, foggy shit. Like, whatever. Just don't you realize you owe such a debt to screaming Jay Hawkins? Like, <laughs> yeah, it? it's just boring. It's just like, well, like going to, even with fashion and stuff. Like going to a punk club and seeing all the skinheads wearing it exactly the same uniform. Yep. I'm just like, yeah, I'll wear that. Sometimes, mm-hmm. chances are I won't wear that, or purposely not wear that to a punk gig. <laughs> I'll wear that to like a really mellow, chilled out, like jazz gig or something. <laughs> just to just to get people going or some shit. I don't know, but I like that music. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just man. Nah. That's what I mentioned the last time with the whole um, in in my youth coming into hardcore and punk as a very, very young child. There was a lot of that gatekeeping and a lot of the, the uniforms you had to uh, adhere to the strictures of the uniform. And I was always guilty of going directly against that. I had long hair. I had, you know. Don't get me wrong, I 
I've done it in the past as a okay. teenager mm-hmm. before my ball was dropped or whatever. <laughs> uh, I've done it, but I think I've worn the uniform to a particular appropriate gig. Mm-hmm. But I've also gone, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm wearing it now, but the next time I probably won't. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's boring. I want to, I want to rule in my artistic horizons, I guess. Like, wearing the inappropriate stuff to a gig is artistic in a sense. Oh, absolutely. It's I'm self-expression. Sticking two fingers up to the scene. The only the only rule I follow when going to gigs is I will not wear the t-shirt of the band I'm going to see. Yeah. And I won't listen to that band on my stereo uh, that day yeah. because I don't yeah. want I don't want to muddy the pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh like it's quite funny. There's a band that isn't called Bast Slug. Yeah. And it's now Bottom, the, the comedy show Bottom. You'll know where that name comes from. And they're, they're grind, horrible grind. But recently they've been doing a load of merch. And they won because they released a song called Maddie McCann Can. And if you know the story, the or Maddie McCann, or her parents at least, uh, she went missing. And her parents left her in an apartment oh. um, and went for a mail. And then her kid went missing. Because that's what you do with parents, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you get pissed and leave your child children in the fucking hotel apartment without a babysitter. Yeah, you do that. Um they release that song with a shirt and it's just got Maddie McCann on the back. Doing that. <laughs> with that with the face. No. It's not saying anything offensive. Right. At all. Well, they've had they had a they had a story from one of their friends who wore it to a garden party. They got told to take it off or fuck off. And it's, it's just like I'm just there questioning why they find that offensive. She's not doing anything. She's doing that. Yeah. It's a picture of Maddie McCann. What the <laughs> fuck is offensive like that? <laughs> I don't understand. It's not uh, money to can doing fucking stuff from the Cannibal Corpse album or some shit. Right. It's literally her going. Well, the, do you remember the Cradle of Filth Vestal Masturbation t-shirt? <laughs> Jesus is a cunt on the back. Jesus is a cunt. The, I can see um, how you could be offended by that. I can see how you could be offended still, by that. I yeah. still think it's fucking stupid. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're making yourself feel that. You're fuck off. Nothing happens when you being offended. Just do what 
Um, yeah, and it's just like, I don't get it. They're, they're going to love I spoke about that, by the way. I'm going to fucking tell them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all the people I mentioned, I'll be sending this to them. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. But um, yeah, it's just like, they, like, like people get offended on my behalf about something that I said about myself. Fuck off. No, that, you know th what that is. That's that's almost a form of uh, of like white guilt or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, I call myself a fucking retard. Fuck off! I don't care. Like, like I said yesterday on Instagram with the freak show bit. Right. I can say it. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. And then you get people saying, "Oh, I don't see it. You're you're handsome. You're a friend of mine. You're probably going to say that." I appreciate it. I hope it's true, but all right. But you're no, allowed. Yeah. You're you're allowed to own that. Yeah, I call myself handsome as well. Sure. I'm Maybe not sure. Right. I'm not sure. I hundred percent believe it. You probably but, should, but, but but I'm not. I can say I'm handsome, and if someone goes, "No, you're not," I'll be like, "Fuck off." Mm -hmm. Which rarely happens sure but i can say these things i do question when people get oh i, I fancy you and i'm just like oh really to be honest it rarely happens not that people don't i just don't think they come out with it uh a lot of the time people have come out with it I can imagine you've you've probably amassed a, a a little bit of a fan club for yourself there, as far yeah, as uh, I think the, I had the love drawing anyway. Uh, I know them; they tell me, "I'll, I'll be your fan club." All right, and I'm all women, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, and all ages. Um, yeah. Not sure any of them fancy me as such. They don't say, but who knows? Um, I'm probably not going to say I fancy them because I don't want the the chances are what the the outcome would be. But yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I would. I would hope. You would feel that way. I'm yet to make the uh, club like issue. I get some t shirts done. <laughs> We're yeah, like I'm, all three of them. Well, I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty sure that with the new logo that you have coming out that a lot more people are gonna be interested because it is less death metal and more legible, as you'd said, and it it encompasses the whole peace punk aesthetic. The thing is, though, both of those t-shirts, the illegible one and the illegible one, or the illegible one that will be a t-shirt, and maybe other stuff, or me. Mm -hmm. They're both me. I'm illegible sometimes. Sure. 
that makes sense. But, it does. It does. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that people don't particularly like the illegible work. But well, those are more than likely people who don't listen to extreme true. music. True. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to actually playing that new one on the show. <laughs> So what's next? What is next for you? Uh, hopefully more chats with you. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. You're going to be um, a regular. Um, I've got, uh, there's, a, there's a company over here. Who, um, it's a death company. Uh, they do t-shirts as well for supporters of deaf people, deaf people, like slogans that deaf people would say and stuff. It's run by a deaf guy. And they're called Deaf Identity. That's D-E-A-F. Um, he's asked me to do a shoot for them. I think it's going to be this Friday coming. In London, it's only going to be a short period. But I get to spend a bit of time in London, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And so I could do that, some of their merch. I was meant to do a catwalk in York, um, up north, back last year, beginning of the, beginning of mid last year. But obviously COVID happened and it didn't happen. But hopefully that will happen again. But this is a, this is, I'll get to meet the guy, which is nice. Um, yeah, so hopefully something come out of that. I like their merits, but I also, it's not about me. I am deaf, hard of hearing, but it's about supporting them. I guess I see myself as more of a supporter than anything, even though I am one mm -hmm. of them. That'd be nice. I think it's oh, great that, that you use oh. your platform your platform to bring attention to people outside of yourself. I mean, it, it's rarely ever about you. It, it, it's you're always I think so, yeah. It's always about a collective. It's always about you know whether it be Ace or or you know the humanitarians that that you endeavor to emulate. I mean, there's always a, a degree of selflessness that's imbued into everything, everything you do. And um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, what's the next thing you're going to do for you? The next artistic endeavor, the next... I think, I think that will be pushing the acting. Like I said, I, I like People tend to, I think Bruce Lee said it best, where like, he didn't want people to just learn one style. They should learn all of the styles as much as possible and make the fighting their own, which is what he did. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably doing that. I would like to do that with acting so dropping classes 
courses, things like that, all over the place. If I go to America, I'll find a drop-in. If I go to Europe somewhere, I'll find a drop-in. It just, yeah, it just looks like, the same with life modeling. If I go somewhere on the holiday or whatever, or to visit friends, I'll find something. So, but at the moment, acting, for sure. So, I don't know, nothing or very little. So, to broaden that horizon. So, we have um, to get you started on uh, writing the script for the one-man show. <laughs> and then we'll I mean, work on well with that. Yeah. The comedy well with that. The talking well with that. This helps with that. Um, life helps with that, I think. But, um, but yeah, I need the money to put into the acting. I think I need to be more open, but I want to do that to people. I did start a like a GoFundMe for it. I haven't advertised it because I think I feel it's kind of selfish. You have to do something for yourself in order to do things for others. The life modeling. And I put, like, advertise a session or something. People are paying, but people are... People are coming in and paying more than I've asked because they're like, no, you shouldn't do much, too little. You need to charge this much. Okay? Um, but they're getting something out of it. Whereas if I if I advertise that I'd like the money to go to courses or classes, there's a world world renowned one in Bristol acting school, the Bristol Hippodrome, where people I could probably list them famous people that I've gone to. So I could do that, and I could go to London, and I could go all over, do online stuff. But I just think asking for money for it. Well, I think the, the selfish. Trick, it's it's not because, and here's if just hear me out with it. In order for you to broaden your platform of of having the ability to help people. You have to build yourself. You have to build your brand, your your public persona. The more light you shed on that, the more power you have to help others. I mean, I know a lot of people like to shit on Bono from you too because he's uh, he's always with the you two used to be fantastic. Yeah, way Houston. way back. Yeah, up until the Joshua Tree or Octung Baby, then directly thereafter. I just want to say that fucking guitar pedal away from the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing yeah. But he built an empire with his band and still to this day uses that notoriety to help other people. No, that little segue I did. Yeah, you're right. It's... I mean, I, because... know, I, just, I just guess, yeah, I just think it is. 
I'd probably post it and be like, if you want something in return, you give me a minimum of stomach, then I'll do this for you. But I don't know. I'd do that. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I think you'd be surprised uh, if you post it and offer nothing except for the, you know, this is going to help me do this. Yeah. I think people will gladly give. I do. And I mean, if it doesn't work, then nothing's lost. Right. But <laughs> I think and I think enough people follow you and enjoy you that they would give a little something. And then that could lead to more classes, could lead to the next thing. I mean, it's probably more of a, more of an expensive way of doing it, but you pay for what you get. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think doing more than one style will help. Mm -hmm. Not bore me to death. Well, you will. Uh, the more tools you have in your kit the more likely you are to slot I mean, into this or that. You you broaden your horizons. I mean, some of the greatest actors did, like, that I know of just one style, or do one style now, at least. Like Robert De Niro. But yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. As much as I like the stereotypes that people will give me you give me some of them anyway um, I want to go out of that as well well I think I think you're bound to uncover an entirely new horizon once you allow yourself to do for yourself just a little bit yeah you know yeah, when, a, yeah you're right. when a plane is crashing you know what they tell parents to do when the oxygen masks deploy right don't put it on your child first put it on yourself first so you have your wits about you right. to help the child okay the air masks are the air masks are deploying, sir. And that would be the that would be the, that would be the same with anyone that wasn't able to put it on themselves. So yeah. So I think it's as yeah. good a time as any for you. I need to get that put on your mask first. Then yeah. you can help everyone else. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And I think with that, we can take a break from this today. Uh, I think I covered everything I wanted to in this segment. And you just let me know when you want to do this again. Whenever, literally as soon as possible. <laughs>